The danger of sin is not that it changes God's heart toward us. The danger of sin is that it changes our heart toward God. Hello, friends, and welcome. Thanks for listening. In this episode, I'd like to talk about the pursuit of holiness as a pursuit of justice. I really believe that holiness, that's like right living, you know, making good choices, not sinning, is the byproduct of the reign of Jesus Christ in the human heart. And so I haven't spent a lot of time and I don't spend a lot of time exhorting people not to sin or or exhorting people to holiness because I really believe that holiness is the byproduct of understanding how much God loves us, understanding how good God is. Then you just, you want to surrender to him. You want to obey him. When you see how much he loves us and what a good king he is, you want Jesus to reign over your life. And the natural byproduct of that is holiness. Now, when I consider injustice, I think perhaps the two greatest injustices in the world are, first of all, that God is not worshipped and loved by every single human being. That God is so good, he's so kind, he created us, he made this amazing planet for us, he's given us everything we are. Our existence is owed completely to him, that we do not spend every moment of our day in complete adoration and gratitude, I think is the greatest injustice in the universe. Uh, But shortly thereafter, another massive injustice in the created realm is that a fallen angel rules over the sons of man. That human beings live under the dominion of the devil is completely contrary to God's original intention for us and is one of the reasons that Jesus came to set us free. The Bible says that for this purpose, Christ was revealed to destroy the works of the evil one. Jesus came to give his life as a ransom so that we might be set free from the penalty of our sin and from the dominion of darkness. In Acts chapter 26, when Paul's recounting his call, his experience on the Damascus road, Jesus tells Paul, I'm sending you to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul writes, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. And in 1 John 5.19, it says that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. So holiness is the pursuit of justice. Holiness is about setting things right. It's about bringing our lives under the reign of Jesus Christ, under the reign of God, the way we were intended to be. God created us as eternal spiritual beings that we might be connected with him, that we might have a body and represent his authority on the earth. In The Divine Conspiracy, Dallas Willard writes, we are meant to exercise our rule only in union with God as he acts with us. So God created mankind as a spiritual being with a physical body so that we could be God's representatives made in his image to exercise dominion on the earth. But that dominion was intended to be exercised in union with God. And so it's when mankind exercises dominion on the earth out of union with God, independent from God, that we have 
all the problems, all the brokenness, all the sin, all the suffering that we see today. So holiness is the pursuit of restoring that justice in our lives and in the earth in which we live, restoring the reign of God over our bodies personally and in our communities and in our world so that things might be set right, so that the righteousness of God might reign. So look with me at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. That says, Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Now, if you just took that verse and you looked at it out of context, not in context with the rest of the book of Hebrews, you might think, we have to try really, really hard to become holy so that God will accept us. Because if we don't become holy, we're not going to see the Lord. So we have to try as hard as we can to be holy so that we can maybe someday go to heaven and see the Lord. But when we look at it in context with the rest of the book of Hebrews, we'll see that isn't what he's saying. He's saying to pursue holiness as an expression of what has already been given to you. Look at Hebrews chapter 10. Verse 10 says, By that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And down in verse 14 he says, For by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. So the Bible says that through the sacrifice of Jesus, we have been made perfect. We have been made blameless. So the pursuit of holiness is not us trying to become holy, trying very hard to be good enough so that we might become holy so that God would accept us. God has made us holy. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, it says that we are holy and dearly loved. In 1 Peter chapter 2, in verse 9, he calls us, he says, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. So God has made us holy, and Hebrews says that God made us holy. To sanctify something is to make it holy. So Hebrews says that God has made us holy by the sacrifice of Jesus once and for all. So this is not talking about trying to be a really good person so that maybe one day you can get into heaven. This is talking about becoming an expression of what God has made us. That is, God has made us holy, and so we live holy. It's like dogs bark. It's in the nature of dogs to bark. Dogs behave like dogs. It's, it's because it's in their nature. So us who are believers, who are born again of the Spirit, we walk in holiness. It's the expression of our nature. And Paul writes about this in Romans chapter 6, after he has said, wherever sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. So God is not counting your sin against you. In Romans chapter 2, he says, blessed is the man against whom the Lord will never count his sin. God is never going to count your sin against you. If you listen to the podcast, Is God Punishing Me?, Uh, you know that God is never going to punish you for your sin because he put 100% of the punishment for your sin on to Jesus. And so Paul is saying, wherever sin increases, grace also increases. So then, so so what now? Should we go on sinning so that grace should increase all the more? Paul says, no. 
But listen to the answer he gives. He doesn't say, no, you better not sin anymore. Otherwise, God's going to get mad at you. God's going to punish you. God's going to be angry with you. You're going to come under God's wrath. Those are not the reasons that Paul gives not to sin in Romans chapter 6. He says, we can't go on sinning. We're dead to sin. We have this new life. We were buried in baptism and resurrected with Jesus We have a new life. We're a new creature. Our nature is different now. We are not like that old person who was crucified with Jesus. We have a new nature that is alive to God. We're in 2 Corinthians 5. It says that we are a new creature. So we have this new nature that doesn't want to sin. We have a new nature that wants to pursue holiness. Now, if you say, you know what? I don't really care if I sin or not. I'm not really interested in holiness, then I would say, you know what? You probably don't have the new nature. Because anyone who's born of God wants to pursue the things of God. That's what 1 John chapter 5 is all about. That once we get born of God, we've got this new nature, and now we're seeking the things that are of God. Now, there's a big difference between a person who says, I don't care about holiness, I don't care whether I sin or not, and a person who says, I'm pursuing holiness, but I mess up a lot. And frankly, I would put myself in the latter category. Proverbs 24, 16 says this, for the righteous falls seven times and rises again, but the wicked stumble in times of calamity. Now, anyone who accepts God's gift of righteousness can be made righteous. It's not on how much church you've attended, how much Bible you've read, how many you know good deeds you've done, Anybody can be made righteous through faith in Jesus Christ. And so when we put our faith in Jesus, we get born again, and he gives us this new nature, and it's that new nature that causes us to get up over and over and over again, no matter how many times we stumble, no matter how many times we mess up. When you get born again, you've got this new nature. It's like the difference between a dog and a cat in a swimming pool. When a dog gets into a swimming pool, he's happy to swim around and have a grand old time. When a cat gets into a swimming pool, the first thing that cat wants to do is get out of there. And that's how it is with Christians in sin. With non-Christians in sin, they're happy to live in sin. They don't even see a problem with it. But when a Christian gets in sin, we don't feel peace. We don't feel right. We know that, hey, this is in conflict with my nature. I'm living kind of this fractured life. I'm not living in an, in an integrated way, and we want to change. And so there's a big difference between saying, you know, ah, this is wrong, and I wish I didn't struggle with it, but you know what? I'm going to keep pursuing holiness. I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to get up again, versus saying, you know what? This really isn't that wrong, and who are you to tell me it's wrong? And in fact, I think this is actually right. In fact, this is actually a good thing. And this is not hard to see in modern life. You know, we have people who will kill a baby in the womb and say that that's a good thing. And then people who look at a large family with a lot of children and they say, oh, that's bad. That's wrong. I mean, it doesn't get more backwards than that. To say having lots of children is a bad thing and messed up, but killing babies in the womb, that's that's good. That's what we should be doing. Or to say, oh, one man together with one woman for their whole lifetimes, oh, that's lame, that's stupid, that's not realistic, no, that's no good. What's really good is a lot of different sexual partners throughout a whole lifetime, that's a good thing. And so we see this perversion, this turning of calling what is good evil and calling what is evil good, and that is the danger of sin. 
The danger of sin is not that it makes us unacceptable to God. The danger of sin is that it makes God unacceptable to us. The danger of sin is not that it changes God's heart toward us. The danger of sin is that it changes our heart toward God. So Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13 says, But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. So sin can harden our hearts toward God. That's the danger of sin. God will accept anyone. God will forgive anyone. But sin can harden our hearts to a point where we say, what sin? What forg- You think I need forgiveness? I don't need forgiveness. This isn't wrong. There's nothing wrong with this. How dare you? I don't need God's forgiveness. This is good. What I'm doing is right. And that's what uh, Romans chapter 1 is all about. Uh, look at Romans 1. I'm just going to take a little piece of this, but the whole chapter is talking about this phenomenon. In verse 21, it says, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. And so when we turn away from God and when we we don't pursue holiness, when we don't want Jesus to rule over us, we're not willing to honor Jesus as our king, we don't give thanks to God, then we become futile in our thinking. That's the phenomena of beginning to call what is good evil and what's evil good, and then our hearts become darkened, and we don't even want God anymore. And that's a frightening thing. That sin can harden your heart to a place where you don't even think sin is wrong and you think God is is evil. So you end up calling the source, the greatest source in the universe of good, evil. And that's what we see in Revelation described. Christ is coming back and people are saying, you know, let the mountains come and cover us up. Even when people see the glory of the visible Christ, they reject him. I believe even in that moment, God would extend forgiveness and mercy to anyone who asked for it. And yet, you can arrive at a place of not thinking you need mercy and despising the God who would extend it to you. And that's the danger of sin. And so when we pursue holiness, we're pursuing justice. The right thing is for Jesus to reign over every human heart and to see that reign expressed in every human life. And that is the pursuit of holiness. The pursuit of holiness is not about a list of do's and don'ts. The pursuit of holiness is about the joy of living under the wonderful reign of King Jesus. It's the pursuit of justice. It's the pursuit of righteousness, rightness, the way things were meant to be, the right way of doing things, doing things the way God says, because in his presence is fullness of joy and pleasure everlasting. In fact, I think really what we should be aiming for is to be so conscious of Jesus's goodness and the, the, the joy of living under his reign that we're not even conscious of sin. That's what Hebrews talks about, that w- once we get forgiven, there's not even a consciousness of sin anymore. We don't even think in terms of, oh, I better not do this or I better not do that. Just because we're just so caught up in the love of God, we're just living out of love. And that's why I haven't spent a lot of time in Manthanos, double slash Kairos, or 
or on the podcast talking about, oh, don't do this sin and make sure you avoid that sin. Because once you get caught up in the goodness of God, you don't even care about sin. That's Paul's whole point in Romans chapter six. It's like, that stuff doesn't even have anything to do with me anymore. I'm dead to it. It's dead to me. I'm alive to God now. And that's what the pursuit of holiness is all about. And so I hope that this would encourage you to live holy, not to live holy because God's going to be angry with you or you're going to be punished by God. No, God has put your punishment onto Jesus, but to live holy because you want to inherit the kingdom. And when we walk according to the flesh, we miss out on inheriting the joy of the kingdom. That's what Galatians 5 is talking about, that those who do these things, these uh the envy and the strife and the jealousy, that when you live that way, you don't inherit the kingdom of God. But when you walk according to the Spirit, when you live by the Spirit, we inherit the kingdom of God and we have the joy of living under the reign of Jesus, which is congruent, which is in alignment with this new nature that he's put on the inside of us. The pursuit of holiness is not meant to be burdensome. It's supposed to be a pursuit of joy, a pursuit of gladness, that Jesus would reign over us, that we have this good king who would come and rule our lives. It's this pursuit of walking into God's provision for us. It's like uh, in the last podcast, we talked about God's command to us to rejoice always. That's not saying that we now have to manufacture some kind of fake happiness and joy where we smile when we don't really mean it. It's about walking into the provision of God. It's about understanding that when God commands something, with the command comes the grace to do it. So when Jesus says to the paralytic, rise and walk, the moment he says to that man, rise and walk, he's giving him the grace to obey his words. The moment that Jesus says to Peter on the lake, come and walk on the water with me, with the word of Jesus comes the grace to fulfill God's word. And so when God says, I want you to pursue holiness, God's providing the grace. We're walking into what he has already provided for us. We do not have to manufacture holiness. We do not have to make the provision of holiness. We offer our bodies to God and the Holy Spirit rules over us. The Holy Spirit produces the fruit of the Spirit in our lives according to this new nature that's on the inside of us. So, my friends, Pursue holiness. Pursue the joy of the justice of the reign of Jesus in your life and make it manifest in the lives of those around you by loving people, by serving people, by putting others' needs before your own. Enjoy the reign of Jesus. Thank you for listening. God bless you. that blows and every stream that flows we hear your tenderness and every star that glows and every cell that grows it's clear your excellence God you're beautiful